This episode brought to you by Tennessee Department of Tourism. Not only known for its hot chicken, Dollywood, and moon pies, we're also the number one tourist destination for college students looking to get away from it all. Once you enter our luscious remote woods, you'll never feel the same again. So when you're planning your next holiday getaway, plan on coming to Tennessee. Use code HMT when booking a cabin to receive a free Sumerian book on tape. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. Releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Wow, that didn't sound good. Welcome to Horror Movie Talk. Pew, 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 pew. Your panel of expert hosts each week are me, Dr. Bryce Hansen. I hold a PhD in spookology. And sitting across from me, as always, is Dr. David Doy, the foremost expert in scare no nos. New theatrical releases always get priority and actually can now. Yeah, now that now that theaters the, the, that there is theatrical releases, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Today is a patron pick. Um, we let a certain tier of our patrons vote for a movie to cover, and this one is the pick for May, which May. is we're a little late. Sorry, um, this is The Evil Dead, the original. 1981, Sam Raimi, The Evil Dead. The classic. Yeah. So, before we get into the review, I'm getting acid reflux. Um, The cool thing you might not know is how cool our fans are. They are the coolest. They are the very best community of any podcast that you'll ever come across Go to our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. That's facebook.com slash group slash horror movie talk, probably. Probably. God, put the uh, put horror movie talk in the uh, search thing and you'll find it. Um, anyways, that and us, we're also across all sorts of social medias. And you can find links to those on our website at horrormovietalk.com, along with links to past episodes, our shop, you know, lots of cool stuff that you can look at Blogs. and support the show with. Um, we should mention this is probably, come, let me check the calendar. Every second Saturday we have a watch party. So go to our Facebook group and, and find the link or the event there. Um, also check out our Twitch channel. Um, we post new episodes every Wednesday. If you are a fan, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you use that app. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468 to let us know what you think, good or bad, about the episode. You can argue with us. You can um, tell us all about how we're wrong. Um, Also, David has a very special line for a voicemail for 
um, the bodily fluids exchange. That's right. So can you explain? Yeah. So you just call up you, 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 the uh, the voicemail greeting will greet you and tell you to leave a uh, a message with whatever body bodily fluid you're looking to exchange. If you want to fart, if you want to burp, if you want to listen to send us your stomach rumbles. We even have received a queef, I believe, uh, which I welcome all queefs, great mm. and great and diminutive. Um, I I think it's a I think it's, it's a funny sounds are welcome, and mm-hmm. if if you want to fart with your armpit and make us guess, I love it. So that number is I just dropped it. That number. Is two five two 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 eight four six two eight. So um, we'll start out our episode by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We scale on a one, scale of one to ten. You know how that works. Uh, after we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later on, I have a dedicated game <gasps> for Evil Dead trivia, Ooh. specifically about this movie. <clears throat> So, um, again, we watched The Evil Dead, the original, and Damn. it was more pleasant than being raped by vines. <laughs> Most things are. Here is the trailer. girlfriend you take care of her gotta say i am a huge fan of goth gals that follow us on instagram huge fan mm. big shout out to spooky tooth she's been a fan for a long time she's very pretty mm. i like i like is spooky the f- tooth is she the same one on on tiktok that we follow i don't know is she working a tattoo have, parlor yeah. yeah yeah i don't i don't have tiktoks so yeah anymore. she's pretty good she's she's a she's, she's a pretty girl very pretty ladies are, I like goth gals. 
I don't know if I've said that in the past. Mm. So anyway. the Evil Dead can be rented on most digital platforms. It's not streaming on any like you know regular subscription service right now. Um, use the link on our website post to buy or rent it at Amazon if you want to let us have a couple ducats from it. For real, that does help. Sam Raimi's Cabin in the Woods par excellence, The Evil Dead, stands as the paragon of independent cult and horror film since its release in 1981. Its influence is felt in the films of the Coen brothers, Peter Jackson, and Edgar Wright. Its dynamic direction and camera work declared a new and bold style for the 80s and 90s. But its real influence for independent filmmakers is in its success story as a bootstrapped production. The Evil Dead launched the careers of childhood friends director Sam Raimi and lead actor Bruce Campbell, which you probably recognize as Briscoe County Jr. from Fox's 90s television hit The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. <laughs> During and after high school, they collaborated shooting short films on Super 8 film. This film began shooting right after Sam Raimi turned 20. That's crazy. And he considers it a rite of passage in his life. As first-time filmmakers Raimi, Campbell, and producer Robert Tappert sought financiers by financing by shooting a proof of concept short film titled within the woods have you seen that no have you i think i did many years ago is, um, is it very very similar it's pretty similar um yeah. but but even more slapshot feeling yeah yeah the strategy worked and as a, the result of many rounds of private investment they were able to cobble together a budget of three hundred and seventy five thousand dollars which Seems actually kind of amazing. I, I've seen like different numbers. Like it says that they started filming after they got ninety thousand dollars, but it said Sam Raimi in an interview said the budget was three hundred seventy five. So I don't know if that includes marketing or not, I or like post production or whatever. But um, even Bruce Campbell's family's property in Northern Michigan. Oh, this was on Bruce Campbell's family's property? What, no, it was leveraged to finish the film and blow it up to the industry standard of 35 millimeter to be shown in theaters. So lots of sacrifices, blood, sweat, and tears went into this movie from those that little that ragtag group of so friends. That so much more cool to me. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize that Bruce was such an... Inter- I mean, he's, he's obviously such an integral part of yeah, Evil Dead, but... He's, he's credited as a executive producer because of it. Dang. Um... So it was shot over the course of 12 weeks from the end of 1979 to the beginning of 1980. It was a grueling experience for all involved. It was shot on location in an actual cabin in the remote woods of Morristown, Tennessee. The cabin had no running water, and the actors would go days without showering. Campbell described being doused with fake blood so much that he could only ride in the back of a truck to get home. And the conditions were so cold that those same blood-soaked shirts, when they were dried on outside cracked in half when he tried to put them on again the ironic part is that ramey and crew decided to shoot in tennessee instead of their home state of michigan to avoid extreme conditions in the winter as it turned out michigan had an unusually tame winter and tennessee had one of the coldest winters in 1979 that year the makeup and effects created by tom sullivan were accomplished completely without cgi relying on foam latex corn syrup blood and stop-motion photography I gotta say, I forgot how extra this movie is. Mm. I it has been a good ten to twelve years since I watched this original Evil Dead, and I did not remember the gratuity right. involved in the first one. I remember it in the second. 
I did not, and the stop motion in this is fucking disturbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of the effects are almost Jalo esque. Like they're very gritty and gross and mm. very dirty looking. Mm. Um, the low budget production was creative in its use of makeshift camera rigging, such as the Vasocam, which slid the camera down wooden ramps. And one of the most influential techniques was the shaky cam, which was accompanied, which was accomplished by mounting the camera to a two by four and having two operators at each end to roughly stimulate a steady cam. Um, as they're running through the woods, the, this technique was used for the POV shots of the demons running through the woods, along with the final shot um, that was accomplished with a tripod mounted to a motorbike driven by Raimi. Um, the Cohen brothers used the shaky cam technique in Blood Simple after Ethan Cohen was inspired as an assistant as an assistant editor of the Evil Dead. Little known fact. The film is so gory that it was unrated and banned in many countries upon its release. The grueling and plucky production resulted in a unique and shocking film that has since become a cult icon in the horror community. It tells the story of five Michigan State students vacationing to a remote cabin in the Tennessee country. During their playful and drug-fueled exploration of the cabin, they stumble upon an ancient Sumerian tome that is a translation of the Egyptian Book of the Dead and a curious recording. Upon Ash, played by Bruce Campbell, playing the tape that contained the incantations from the book, the friends are beset by evil demons that possess one of them, turning them into an undead deadite. Do they say deadite? I don't think it's. I don't think it's. um, It's not intoned. Yeah, I don't think it's said in this movie. But yeah, well, people that know the franchise know that term. They eventually learn that the only way to kill the entity is to dismember a possessed host. As the demon turns the friends against each other, the remaining live to f- the remaining living fight to save themselves from torment, death, and vine rape. The Evil Dead is the film that all other Cabin in the Woods movies are compared to, and for good reason. It spawned an entire sub- subgenre of horror that was so prevalent in the decades following that the meta comedy horror film Cabin in the Woods had plenty to draw on in 2011. This probably isn't the first Cabin in the Woods story, but is definitely probably the most influential. I always, I always think about that. I go, was there another? Were there like other big influential Cabin in the Woods movies before Evil Dead? And the answer is, yeah, probably. Yeah, but it's definitely the first one, the chronologically that I can think of. Right. I mean, does Friday the Thirteenth count? I mean, yeah, it's a it's a camp in the woods. It's a it, and, it's and difference it, between a cabin, like a solitary cabin in the woods, and a camp. That that's true. There's only <coughs> what five friends on, in Evil Dead, mm-hmm. and there's a whole bevy of mm-hmm. campers in uh, in Friday the Thirteenth. But regardless, both movies were in production at the same time. Friday the Thirteenth, the original, and Evil Dead were definitely being produced at exactly the mm-hmm. same moment in time. It's just. Um, Friday the 13th had big studio backing and got 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 published first. Mm-hmm. Even with the jaded eyes of someone that grew up on the films influenced by Raimi's directorial debut, it's still impressively violent, visceral, and darkly funny. What it lacks in character development, it makes up for in over-the-top violence that always keeps you on your toes. The special effects aren't amazing and are obviously operating on a budget, but they still work. Like a lot of 80s special effects, the grittiness of the practical effects still holds up today because it feels so real. 
Many of the effects in this film look real because they are real. They use live ammunition in the shotgun and a real chainsaw in the chainsaw scene. That's that's crazy that they used live ammunition in the shotgun. It's crazy that they used the real chainsaw. He was literally holding it close to that woman's chest. Well, that that's not as crazy to me because chainsaws... But something that people don't realize about chainsaws is you can take the chain off and it'll still look like a chainsaw. There was a chain on it. Was there? Yeah, you could definitely see a chain on it. Was it? And are we confirmed that she was alive and that was her chest? Uh, yeah. Whoa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the shotgun, I, I get. It's like, yeah, why not? I mean, honestly, like. The a, chain was uh, on the damn saw? From the looks of it. Like, when he revved it down, I could see the chain slowing down. Maybe they took, like, the barbs off of it. Maybe it was literally just, like, a bike chain or something. Even then. Even then. Good luck. Have fun. Um, So, yeah, it's uh, you get some realism in this one. The acting is great mostly because, like Toby Hooper did with the actors in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Raimi was torturing the cast during the shooting with highly uncomfortable conditions on set. Actors endured being accidentally stabbed, scraped, thrown at objects, and more on the set. The discomfort seems to have elicited believable performances of people being tortured. Huh. Huh. How about that? It always seems to work out. Yeah. That, they hate it, but man, it always works out on, well, that's probably not true. I can, can you imagine how many, like, how many just fucking terrible baloney bottom tier movies are are were torturous to make and never right. and not notable at all? Right. The real hero here is Raimi. His directing style is what really makes the movie. The Dutch angles and the dynamic point of view shots throw the audience off kilter and make the experience almost like an amusement park ride. His artistic integrity and vision shine through with uncompromisingly violent and offensive scenes that have delighted horror fans for decades. Though Raimi has expressed regret for the violent sexual content and stands as a testament to how far this young director would go to push the limits of the genre. While the sequels became increasingly slapstick and absurd, this film still has some really good dark humor. There's something about the Midwest's matter-of-fact sensibilities that create the uniquely dry and dark humor in directors that call it home, such as Sam Raimi and the Coen brothers. I loved it because this type of humor is the da to my Norwegian heritage's oof. Wow. You're really going you're going well, hard I, on this review. Buddy. While I haven't seen all of the films and television episodes of the Evil Dead franchise, of those that I have watched, they are stellar. This film is no exception. Um, I do take just a couple points off just because it's unavoidable, the budget. It does really kind of draw me out at times. But it's probably the most impressive, like low um, budget, low budget cult uh, production that I can think of. Um, there might be some more. I mean, it's only really competition is um, rain dead. Well, no, in terms of like budget to like effect mm-hmm. of the movie mm-hmm. would be the Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity. Like they had shoestring budgets and were able to just like oh, make yeah. a billion dollars basically. So Brain Dead that came out which was heavily inspired by this <clears throat> right. specific movie or right. and or Dead Alive um 
came out what well, uh, Bra- brain dead is dead alive right yeah it, however you want to call it is what i'm trying to say uh-huh. brain dead dead alive uh came out 11 years later in 1992 and um had a budget of three million dollars mm-hmm. um u.s and so this had a budget of a quarter a little more than a quarter a third of a million dollars whereas brain dead had three million right. so yeah, not really comparable in terms of in terms of quote low budget. I mean, still very low budget yeah. for for what you get out of Brain Dead. But I mean, yeah, I think Paranormal Activity and, and Blair Witch are probably your your most astute. Yeah, so I give this one a score of eight out of ten, and that might elicit some vitriol from fans of the horror genre and especially of the Evil Dead franchise. But you must have revised your score. I did. So the, I mean, if you compare it, especially to Evil Dead Two, like you can't say this is a ten and Evil Dead Two is a ten. Like this one is obviously of lower quality overall and less entertaining to me. I think it's a pretty short movie, but it at times it feels like okay, they're taking a little bit more time than they need to, even for suspense. I took some heat in a recent uh, review that we received on Apple. Uh, podcast reviews or whatever it is for for having the audacity to suggest that I would I, I would like a shorter version of Poltergeist ha, ha, ego much is what he said or she said and um, I didn't see this one is it new um, no it's just in Belgium so it's not oh, on, okay it's not on uh, the American version but um, this is a horror movie review show what we do is give our opinions. And so, yeah, Bryce may not like this movie to the tune of a 10 because he's comparing it to the second one, which is a higher budget and is essentially the same movie. David, our opinions really matter. That's why people get so upset. Look, is that, look like, we're very, once, we're once very we put normal our, people. Once we put our score out into the world, it can ruin a movie <laughs> or make it better than it needs to be. So that's why the people leave reviews with with great responsibility comes comes great with great power comes with, with great, great responsibility yeah. comes great responsibility right we, we get it right no i don't i don't doubt the fact that i'm a very influential and important person who makes um who makes you know a lot of real controversial statements but um but i i look we're just we're just <coughs> do, two dorks reviewing movies um that and we hope you get some entertainment value out of it the idea that scoring a movie the, the idea of scoring a movie is kind of fucking stupid anyway in my opinion um because you know it's it's all left up it's all personal taste so if you fucking if you want 10 times the amount of poltergeist or 10 times the amount of evil dead the original good on you it's just uh that's your opinion man so i yeah. i yeah yeah i uh i think so i i disagree with you uh, mm. mainly just because of my personal experience. Big shocker. Mm-hmm. I think what, the first time I saw this, this may have been the the movie that that made me realize, oh, whoa. Like, made me go, oh, oh horror. Horror is a thing that I like. I remember being pretty young, probably in sixth or seventh grade, and, um, you know, not having been exposed to a tremendous amount of "Quote unquote," like specifically horror at that point, and uh, and going, wow, this is this is wild, and just and just being so awestruck by it. 
And then my relation with my relationship with it since has been very sporadic. It's like I forget, I forget, I forget for a couple for many years, and then I go back and watch it and go, whoa, this is so jarringly shocking. And it makes me remember that uh, that 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 thing that it kind of awakened inside me uh, of just being like, "Wow, horror is fucking amazing." Um, and uh, and so yeah, for me, I think this is a, a, a ten out of ten. Now I do I do and I I like Evil Dead too more, mm-hmm. um, just in every way. But they're they're not really comparable. I mean, they're kind of, they're obviously, obviously they're comparable, but they're so they're tonally, they're just totally different. Yeah. Tonally, they're completely different. And, um, and, but you can still compare them. They're basically the same story. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying I, I enjoy, I enjoy this uh, a tremendous amount. And, um, and Raimi is a master, is a master at this. He's so good. Um, and you know, it's pretty impressive out of all four evil, evil dead movie efforts, evil dead, the original evil dead Two, army of darkness and the remake evil, evil dead of 2013 or whatever it Mm was. I can't say that any of them are, are remotely bad. They're Mm -hmm. all enjoyable and entertaining. And, uh, and so I, I, I found this is a very entertaining effort to me. I, I really enjoy this movie. So what's your score? Yeah, I'd say t- I said it. Ten out of ten. You did. Okay. Yeah. So um, before we get into spoilers, just want to take a minute to talk about the sponsors that we love. Starting with NightChannels.com, they sell hoodies, T-shirts, and lots of cool stuff that you can put on your body. And honestly, all I can ask of you, I'm not even going to ask you to to spend your money there. Like, I'm just not even going to do that. I'm going to tell you to go to nightchannels.com and just browse. And I have so much faith that you'll find something that you can't live without that you're going to buy something. And when you do, use code HMT at checkout to get 13% off your order, which is a great value because the shirts are already priced pretty well. Yeah, they're they're, they're priced well. They're of high quality. And really, the the thing that the the thing that sells, I think, people on nightchannels.com is exactly what you said. You get there and you just see something you must have. Yeah, that's how good they are. You go, oh, well, I need that. Yeah, if you're a fan of the horror genre, if you're a fan of metal, if you're a fan of the occult, or any dark thing or alternative music, anything with an edge, you're gonna find a really obscure T-shirt or hoodie that you're like, God damn, if I have that shirt. No one else. No one else will have that in shirt. the state is going to have that. You know the witch shirt or yeah. Akira. Know. I love the Akira shirt with the big explosion. Right, and they're not like every even the ones that even even the movies that you do see merchandise for. It's not going to be the same artwork. It's going to be a unique thing. Like so for Alien, you know, it's not their shirts with Alien on it. Yeah, but it's not. It's not like one. these ones. Yeah. You know, it says a lot about it. Head to nightchannels.com and use HMT at checkout when you inevitably find the the shirt that you love for 13 percent off the scariest percentage. 
Also, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by heading over to manscaped.com. This is your public service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has (gasps) confirmed, yes, that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. Let's take a moment for some applause. Yay! This new trimmer. You did it. You You did did it, it, Manscaped engineers. Good for you. This new trimmer was just released only moments ago, and we are one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Whoa, 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 whoa. Say that again. Yeah, so you get 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Anywhere, wow. if you're within the sound of my voice, if as long as you're on the planet Earth and not up in a space station somewhere, you get free shipping uh, with code HMT at manscaped.com. Wow, we got to take it we got to take a second and have a have a moment of applause for that great deal. Okay. Good for you. Good. Good this, for you, Manscaped. This is great. Great deal. Uh, yeah, I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I'm blown away by the performance, the craftsmanship, and the details on the 4.0 are next level. Let's have a moment for a round of applause for the performance of the Lawnmower 4.0. I'm just along for the ride. Good, good job. Their advanced ceramic blade and skin-safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk's engineers to ensure that your testes are as safe as possible. And if you're worried about your Elon Musk, they have fragrances and lotions for your skin that will give you a manly pleasant, sense. pleasant musk. Manly sense. Yes. Yeah, um, that's that's the the damn truth. I use it in instead. I wish they'd come out with a deodorant. Um, because I just use the the cologne. I do too. I just spray it in my underarm. I do too. But that you know. Do you okay? Pause. Do you actually use deodorant or antiperspirant? Mm-mm. Yeah. No, it messes with my skin too much. Uh, it, I'm not joking either. It like it gives me rashes, mm. and so this uh, the. You know the um, the manscaped uh, the uh, uh, what's it called the um, lotion the the lotion crop preserver yes the crop preserver is smells wonderful first of all but also lasts me through the day yeah. um, I just would prefer it in a stick form anyway so yeah. you guys head on over to manscaped.com they've been supporting the show for a long time use HMT at checkout to get 20% off and free shipping wherever you are. Um, also, if you want to support us directly, go to our Patreon account. <laughs> Patreon.com slash horror movie talk. There we got several tiers of different price points <laughs> that feature different exclusive content. <laughs> like my belches. You get more belches per dollar. If, if you haven't had enough Patreon. already... <laughs> Um, should we feature a tier? Let's feature the, uh, $666 tier. The $666 tier gets you. This is the Spoop Lord, I think. Spoop, Spoop Lord gets you a shirt, gets you a guest spot on the show. It gets you, um, 
access to all of our exclusive horror movie reviews that are only available on Patreon. Mm-hmm. It gets you uh, access to vote on one movie a month. And uh, all the afterpods. All the afterpods. Access to our drops. Drops. Our you get, calendar. You get a bunch of free stickers. And then also, biggest of all, you get a custom review of whatever movie you want that you own into perpetuity. No one gets to hear this review but you unless you say so. Hmm. And that costs a measly $666. Right. Um, and that gets that gets you access to everything we, we have to offer. We and, don't we don't mention this tier a lot, but you know when people ask us like, "Hey, when are you going to do this review?" This is this is how that happens. And you can be so selfish as to not let it appear in the public on our RSS feed on our podcast. Um, so that's you know that's the price of our souls. Quite frankly, we'll suck your goddamn dick uh-huh. if uh, if you sign up for Edge Lord. I will suck your dick. I will suck your fucking dick. I will do it. Just join my team. I'll suck your dick. You can fuck me or get fucked by me. So, yeah, I'm I'm expecting that there's just going to be a just a a stampede of people that that get this tier now. Now it's that a, we featured it, the value is off the charts. Uh-huh. Really, I mean, you, you get a shirt. Yeah. Also, if you and just want if you just want to buy a shirt, you can go to our shop at horrormovietalk.com/shop. And we uh, just replenished our supply of T-shirts in all sizes. So uh, it comes in black and red um, in unisex. And uh, there's a couple women's only tees. So this is our logo tee. It looks pretty cool. I wear it. I wear it all the time, not just because I want to promote the podcast, but because it's a pretty badass logo. They're very nice and soft. Done by our resident artist, Dustin Goebel. He's a professional artist who fucks hard. He also takes commissions for artwork. Don't forget that. If you need... A custom uh, piece of digital art, whether it's a horror theme or not, you can commission Dustin Goble. And frankly, he does not charge enough for how good they are. Uh, go to him at dgobel 0 on Instagram. That's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-B. Sorry. At D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0 on Instagram and make your artistic dreams come true. Tell him HMT sent you. Just so he doesn't feel so bad for lending us his talents so freely. He's such a wonderful person. He's I love fantastic. Him. He's he's not only just like a, a mensch for for supporting the the show with his art, but also just he's one of our best fans that that I love hearing from. He's uh, and not only that, he is well versed in horror movies. Yeah. Let me tell you, we got to have him on the show again here soon. Yeah. Uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. This is a real long mid-roll. Let's get into spoilers. Spoilers. So, Evil Dead. There's a lot that's just great about this movie. I mean... You I, uh, let me say, I just got to say, you went fucking bonkers on the synopsis and mm-hmm. review. Um, I've never seen, ever seen mm. such a thorough huh. write-up effort in my life. Well, you told me that you're kind of disappointed in how how light my synopsis and reviews have been lately. So I just wanted to 
to make up the difference. I did not mean this. This is so. I mean, I is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. This is just so shockingly above and beyond that it's. I mean, it's not sustainable. <laughs> I don't think. Prove me wrong. If you're gonna call my bluff in this manner, this are, is. Are you saying this too much? A thousand words of. <laughs> I I was I was so shocked by the amount of effort that I I believe I was like he couldn't have written all this so I spot checked it. <laughs> you wrote all this as far as I can tell. This is what did you do? I wrote it. What the fuck? <laughs> I wrote the thing. God, I can write. I know you can. It's just, this is so impressive. Honestly, I'm slightly disappointed because I wanted you to be more disturbed by the length of it throughout. Like, is holy shit, this is long. It like, is. I, I wanted to hear that like two or three times. You did notice, which I'm very Are glad. Are you I fucking kidding I would have been. I would have felt really bad if you're like... Yeah. I was actually I was scared to to mention it because I was like he's doing a thing and it's some weird flex. It's some weird flex and it, I don't if I say something is it is that the thing he doesn't want? Is he going to be like, "Oh, so now you know, now it's too much." And I'm like, "Whoa, hey, no, it's not too much." No, you already said something. You said that I was I was not writing enough. No, for the that's post. not remotely what I meant. I just meant, you know, just no spelling errors. That's all I meant. Mm. And like and mm. and like just you know the oh. the link in the uh-huh. the link to uh-huh. the Amazon. Thing. No, you mentioned the link. You mentioned the link. Right, that's all I meant. Uh-huh. What I said was what I meant. I didn't mean for this to become some weird sort of passive aggressive clapback. But nevertheless, the thing you've produced is <laughs> fucking insane. Uh, so, anyways, the Evil Dead. Yeah, this is a. a I think I've covered it. most of it already. Yeah, to be honest, I mean the the review is done. <laughs> It's beautiful. Um, I love the corny singing in the car in the beginning. It's like the perfect, it's like just the perfect choice to have this group of friends and two of them singing like fucking kumbaya songs as they're traveling through and having like the demon cam jump cut back and forth Yeah, between them. Yeah. Uh, it really, it really sets the tone for the movie. It's weird. Every time I watch a Raimi horror movie. I'm struck by the effort he puts into the camera work. Mm-hmm. He's like next to Hitchcock. Raimi is the most camera uh, or oriented director there is, I think, maybe. Um, he's so it's it's his thing. It's his calling card. Bunch of different unique camera angle and and efforts. Well, I think specifically for him, like the dynamic, like kind of running shots is, is a, is a signature of his Mm -hmm. that even in his big budget stuff, you see Mm -hmm. like him reusing some of these techniques that he coined in the evil dead. So like one of my favorite scenes of his is in Spider-Man two when, uh, the kind of the origin of Doc Ock when his arms start going wild. Cause like it really does for a moment feel like a horror movie when those tentacles are going wild and throwing people around. And it's very much like the same kind of camera styling. 
So he did S- Sony's Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2 with Doc Ock, and Spider-Man 3 as well, right? Yeah. Technically, they're all Sony's. They right. just right. let Marvel use them. Right. But uh, yeah, so he did 1, 2, and 3. Um, I think. I think he did I think three. he did three. I, I think he did, yeah. Um, no, yeah, he definitely did three. With the sex pest DeFranco. Yeah. Or, or Franco. <laughs> uh, Are we, we, we he, know James Franco is a sex pest. We're not sure on on a, on a DeFranco. Who's, is it James? Who's, no, who's the YouTube personality? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Phil DeFranco? Phil DeFranco, yeah. yeah. Not was, sure if he's a sex pest or not. I love that red red letter media just covered Army of the Dead and they coined a new phrase sex pest sex which I kind of loved. Yeah, it's it's not it's it's not sex predator necessarily. It's just like a tier below that. Yeah, it's not sex pervert. Is Franco canceled? Is he done? I don't know. What do you think? I'm always shocked that Franco is around. Period. Really? Yeah, I don't. I feel like he's one of the most overrated actors in the world. Oh, I really enjoy him. I think he's he's just the appropriate level of fourth wall breaking corniness. Yeah, I feel like there's other people that do it better though. Oh sure, but not with that boyish like chagrin. I mean, I, I okay, want... so he's a poor man's um, uh, Deadpool. What's the guy who's? Uh, oh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Um, yeah, he's... but he's got a much more punchable face, and <laughs> turns out he's a sex pest. So I mean, I guess I was right all along. I guess. I mean, I, I hope he doesn't come in and try and, and sex you up because you would just punch him right in his punchable face. And and I think his I think his I think he's pretty. Hmm, okay. I I enjoy him. So, yeah, he's he's directed a lot of like uh major motion pictures and man, he, he his talent is so apparent. Can you imagine at age 19 it's Writing and planning this movie—it's unbelievable. In such detail that you could pull it off. It's—it's it's really unbelievable. Um, I haven't—I got to tell you—I haven't seen a lot of um, uh, 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 Raimi efforts, um, except for the Evil Dead franchise and the Spider-Man franchise. I have not seen Dark Man. You've never seen Dark Man? Uh-uh. Have you? Yeah, it's a good one. He produced the the Unholy. Yeah. Did you realize that? He also produced the 2020 Grudge, and he produced Crawl. Yeah. Which I, I did see. I saw all, all three of those. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's not direction. Um, so I, I didn't... Yeah, Darkman, Spider-Man, um, Drag Me to Hell, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Drag Me to Hell is... Yeah. Um, there's some other ones in there that are recognizable. The Quick and the Dead... The Quick and the Dead. A Simple Plan for Love yeah. of the Game. For Love of the Game is a big one that I haven't seen. A Simple Plan is an underappreciated, underappreciated movie. I haven't seen it. That is like a really low-key, excellent um, heist movie. Really? Heist uh, kind of thriller. Oh, gosh. It's got Bill Paxton, Billy Bob Thornton, and Bridget Fonda. Uh-huh. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a great movie. I gotta see this. I gotta watch that again. Man, I've been <sighs> ripped to Bill Paxton. Yeah, uh, R.I. Rip in peace, rip in Bill peace. Paxton. Yeah. Um, I gotta take a take a moment and say, like, I've been watching some random '80s movies lately, '80s and '90s movies. What like, spawned this? Nothing. It, it, I just get so like um, 
paralyzed by choice uh-huh. with stuff on streaming platforms. I and we it. have all of them now. Yeah. And uh, it's like, I don't know. Like the ones, the recent ones that I haven't seen, I'm still never in the mood to see it. Yeah. Like if I was ever going to be in the mood, I probably would have been in the mood when it was in the theaters. Yeah. And then I just come across like kind of comfort food yeah. in these 80s and 90s movies. And even ones I haven't seen, I'm like, I'll give that a shot. Oh, man. And it's like, there's such a flavor. Yeah. There's such a flavor to these movies, even when they're bad. You're like, that's just, that is my upbringing is these like over the top stupid action movies sometimes. Uh, for me, it's these Americana, Chevy Chase and uh, and Tom Hanks ones. Right. Like, uh, like, um, oh, um, the money pit. Yeah. Oh, man. You really, you really can't, can't watch it. Or the burbs. Oh, man. Yeah. Carrie wants us to review the burbs, and she's like, this is an episode I will actually guest on. Man, that would be a good one. She loves the burbs. Yeah. The burbs is great. It is. Anyways, I'll, I'll talk more about the movies I've been watching on our afterpod. But let's uh, let's talk more about the Evil Dead. So they come to the cabin. Spookiness, you know, is already hinting, like the swinging porch on the the swinging swing on the porch. There's a real gross vibe. Yeah, just it's just maybe due to the foot the way the footage looks. It's real gritty. It's real gritty and nasty. It just feels. Uh, I do think like yeah, I mean. Literally, it's gritty because, I mean, I wouldn't put it across that, like, actual grit got into the film. Mm-hmm. Like, the film is, betrays the budget because it's not, it's obviously not yes. shot in, like, full format. It's blown up from 8mm or whatever they use. Yeah. And it's got that, like, real rough grain and it's, a lot of the shots, honestly, are out of focus. Yeah. So... Um, it feels low budget and um, feels like it needs some Lysol. Obviously, like they're still learning mm-hmm. about a lot of stuff, but the the talent and like the the impulses that come through from Ramey and Campbell, yeah. to be honest, like are really impressive. Like they've they've obviously got the talent. They're obviously like you can tell, like the charisma in Bruce Campbell is so apparent, and the the um, confidence of the directing is very apparent throughout, too. Yeah. Well, I forget who said it. I It might be, uh, don't quote me or anything, but it might be Billy, it might be uh, uh, Joe Bob uh, Briggs uh-huh. might have said this, but r- you get the best shit out of people who have nothing to lose. Right. Really. Yeah. Um, and this is a, a perfect example of that. It's just like, might as well, why, might as well be, make it fun. We scraped together almost $400,000 were no names, nothing. Well, I don't know. I mean, the, the counterpoint to that is there was a lot on the line for this movie because they put a lot into it personally. Um, so they did have a lot to lose, literally. But um, yeah, there, there, I, guess, I guess there's a combination of that, of like not having a lot to lose in terms of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like there's no... Got everything to prove. There's There's only an upside. For right. this. It's not going to ruin their careers if this movie's bad. Right. Uh, but a lot also on the line in terms of personal investment and time. Yeah, that's definitely true. I'm trying to find... Oh, so this grossed um, a, a worldwide gross of almost $3 million. So about a 10, it's, a ten times return on investment. It's... Um, 
not crazy. It's debatable because the numbers on this movie like are all over the place. Like trying to pin down mm. what the budget and what what the gross is for this movie is impossible. So like I feel uh, like that's true of every movie. I feel like because of Hollywood uh, finance and right. financial b- fuckery, I feel like nothing is to be trusted. Right. It's kind of like the music business. It's like you do the math on like these CDs sold like 300 million copies. So that's like got to be like over a billion dollars. And like how much did the artist make? Oh, like 200,000. Seven or eight dollars. Yeah. So. That that's kind of the case here because I saw an interview with with Ramey and he talked about the budget being like three hundred something, and he said that the <clears throat> the returns on it. He said the people that personally invested in the project um, got their money returned five times over. So for the people that actually invested in it, like wow. they had a five five x return. But he says like to really calculate it. He has to know like what all these distribution companies he like distributed across a bunch of companies internationally and stuff and like he doesn't have access to their books. This is like the shady Hollywood yeah. part. So it's impossible to know, but what you what you do know is that um it was number one it was the number one VHS in the UK when it came out. Wow. Number one for the year that it came out. Wow. And number like twenty in Japan for the year it came out so it was a huge international hit on video and probably in the theater i mean this was like back when there weren't a lot of theaters and a movie like this showed in like dozens yeah if that yeah so the fact that it they could prove like 2.9 or 3 million dollars return um internationally and and domestic is one thing but i've also seen um, estimates of like twenty nine million. Whoa! Um, it's like frustrating. You go to Wikipedia or IMDb, and it's like yeah. the estimated returns is two point nine to twenty nine million. <laughs> it's like okay, well, I, that's pointless. That's meaningless to me, other than knowing that it made money. You know, the finances thing is something that we don't touch on very much, and it's um, it's fine. That's the way we do it. But I do enjoy. The finances. I'm going to by this time. By the time that this episode airs, I will have been on Nightlight Horror Movie Club podcast. And one of my favorite parts about their show is they go is they care a lot about return on investment. It's a Hollywood thing. That's like a big deal. And it's how much it's fun. money it actually makes. It's yeah. really fun to hear what the return on the investment is. Right. And uh, so you should check out my. Um, I we reviewed uh, it follows. Over there, um, and that's again, that's Nightlight Horror Movie Club. I low key, I'm their biggest fan. They, I really like that podcast. There used to be a website where you could actually research the box office, and it was like open to the public, and you could literally see like this I is remember how much... this way back in the nineties, like ish. Not even that long ago, like. Uh, well, this is when I remember it from. Um, but it was acquired by IMDb, and it put it behind a paywall. So uh, fuck you. Hey, you know, it's what people want to see, so I guess charge them for it. Yeah. Um, Okay, so a lot of good moments in this movie. Um, I love that when they arrive in the cabin, they're looking around, the guy discovers the uh, torture shed. It's like a (laughs) prerequisite for any cabin in the woods. Like, oh, good, it's got a torture shed. Oh, look at this. It's a good feature. Hey, honey, did you see the torture shed? Which isn't really ever used. 
other than like for the workbench, I guess. It's the concept uh, that is fully fleshed out in the second right. installment. Um, I also like it that it's a movie with three girls and two boys. Yeah, there's a little bit of an implication there, and I don't appreciate your nice. tone. <laughs> nice. Nice. I think actually one of them is, I think they mention that one of them's a sister to Ash, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I might be wrong in that. but I just watched the movie. Um. So shit goes down. Like, they discover this, this Book of the Dead and inadvertently release all these demons, as one does. And uh, all of a sudden... The Necronomicon Ex Mortis. All of a sudden, like, you know, basement doors start flying open. You know, more swinging happens. More uh, monster sounds from the woods happen. And uh, I love when the girl's like, must be some sort of animal. When the when the basement door flies open, yeah. the guy, the non, the not Ash guy, is like, <laughs> "You stupid bitch!" Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's so dismissive of her. He's like, oh, "You dumb dumb, <laughs> an animal? What are you, an idiot?" It's like, I mean, that's a reasonable. That's the most reasonable explanation a for a lot of toxic masculinity. A masculinity random coming out door of flying open. He's toxically masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the the one of the things that I like the most about this movie is in a time when slashers were the norm um, and just, you know, wanton, just kind of generic violence against young people was just that was how you made a horror movie. Um, this came through with some really cool conceptual stuff like the Necronomicon, like like bringing some ancient evil, Sumerian evil into the world, like um, uh, you, you know it being it being a, some sort of weird spiritual presence that inhabits the woods, like it's all kind of conceptually a little bit higher on the shelf than than I'm gonna cut the, those people for fucking, <laughs> you know? It's like <laughs> this is uh, interesting. Yeah, it's almost like mysterious. The, it's almost the, like The Exorcist on steroids. Like yeah. they, the makeup is obviously influenced by The Exorcist. Oh yeah, like a very, very, you know, greenish, extreme, caked-on makeup for this. Lots movie. of milk vomit. I forgot all about the milk vomit in this and milk blood. Oh man, so much milk blood. Mm-hmm. Like just blah blah blah. Like. Just fluids everywhere. Um, this is a bit of trivia. Did you notice when they went into the torture shed and they were finding the book that on the wall was a torn movie poster? No. It was of the Hills Have Eyes <gasps> poster. The Wes Craven original. And supposedly, it's like a inside baseball thing where... In The Hills Have Eyes, they had a poster of Jaws torn on the wall to signify that this is the new scariest movie. Oh! Fuck you, Jaws. This is The Hills Have Eyes. And The Evil Dead was like, fuck you, The Hills Have Eyes. This is fucking Evil Dead. That's so cool. Suck my nut. Suck my nut. Just one of them. Just one of them. So that's the only one I got, but goddammit. Yeah. You're like a big, dirty raccoon, David. 
I just have some random notes while I was going through this. Like, I, again, I covered most of it in the snuffs. Um, <laughs> when the girl goes outside and is wearing a robe, I, I just had the thought of, like, who who actually wears robes? Lots of people. Is there... Who who are these people? Who are it's one of these, these people? It's like one of these garments that feels aspirational. Like, you see people wearing robes in movies, and you're like, yeah, that's... That's a thing. You tried parallel parking in a Bertha, David. <coughs> Try. I own, I have owned robes and I almost never wear them. It's like, yeah, I get out of the shower and I towel off, um, walk around in my underwear or something. Like it's not. So I have a, I have, my father gave me, my father knows my love of fine uh-huh. P- Pendleton items. Ooh. And he gave me a big, thick, heavy uh, Pendleton uh, house robe with a hood and <gasps> it's and it's heavy wow and uh and i wear this thing when i get sick um or when we have a baby and we're just slovenly around the house so it's just continuing the tradition of woolen um goods to infect them with western diseases wow that is a fucking stretch but bravo oh yay david yay um yeah i mean so i'll wear a robe on occasion you know i i there are situations where it's like comfort food it's just comfort Hmm. wear you know it's like i'm going to have a blanket on me i feel like i want to have a super luxurious robe to wear around but i just don't i feel like i'd feel guilty doing it I don't know what it is. That's how I it's feel. It's like when you when you see people in like smoking jackets. Oh man, that's the ultimate luxury. Like those kinds of like situational clothing <laughs> that are even more situational than like a nice suit. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, these are my golf pants. It's like, what the shit is going on? Just wear jeans. Fuck you and your golf pants. Golf pants? How? How is? Okay, sorry, we're way off base. That, here. What are you? Is that a regular polo? Why aren't you wearing a golf polo? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like... Uh, yeah. got got to buy a golf robe. Um, <laughs> so that's, that was a random observation. Um, we should probably talk about the vine rape scene. It's yeah. probably the standout of this movie. Like, uh, so Magnus, our Swedish superfan and film clubin podcast uh, host, a, uh, he said, I, I posted a... Um, if you guys aren't part of the Horror Movie Talk Facebook group, you should be because you get to take part in fun um, uh, polls like this one where I asked, what is your favorite Evil Dead mm-hmm. uh, installment? And people were answering. And, and Magnus uh, came at me and said, hey, you know, I heard that everyone involved in the making of this movie is essentially an apologist for uh, for the vine rape scene or mm-hmm. the the scene. He said the yeah. scene. You know which one? And to which I responded snarkily, "Oh, you mean the scene that's so uncomfortable that all you have to say is the scene?" And I know exactly what you're talking about. The scene that that is makes almost makes this movie notable in and of itself, and is so gross feeling that. Everybody universally remembers it. Yeah, it's like when you talk about Bone Ho- Bone Tomahawk, the scene in Bone Tomahawk. Right. You, you, if you've seen it, you know what scene that is. Everybody goes, oh, yeah. Or Terrifier, where the evisceration scene. It's all like, yeah, that's the thing that put it on the map. Mm-hmm. You don't have to apologize for that. I mean, I guess you do now, but... 
Um, I don't know. What did you think? Do you think it's too much? I think it's too much, and that's why it's good. I think it dwell. I think it dwells on it for like th- three or four Mississippi too long. Like it's, <laughs> it is gratuitous in like the length of it. Like they, it would have been so different if like when the obvious like. Um, um, leg spread when the obvious phallic vine shoves up into her cooch if it just did a quick cut right there but Ouch, it dwelled Ouch, David. on it it was like <laughs> phallic vine cooch and I, then she's like oh, 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 This is all this is all real time and it goes on for a little longer than that. Ew, David. That is the part that's probably a little too far. Okay, so I remember <coughs> I remember this scene. I remember my first watch through of it and this, I mean it's imprinted. You know, it's like tattooed in my brain. Right. And me having these exact feelings of like Jesus. This is this is too much. Mm-hmm. And it's exploitational. You know, this is, right. an, this is right. an exploitational scene in a pretty exploitational movie, and uh, I get it, is all I'm trying to say. And if uh, if it needs apologizing for, um, okay. I mean, what's more offensive, like being raped by um, living vines on film or uh, being surgically attached to someone's asshole? In, with your mouth? With your mouth. I mean, it's debatable. Mm. Both could be considered violent crimes. Could be crimes of violence. You're gonna have to have a pretty good lawyer to pull off that that uh, but verdict. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's so easy to say like, yeah, we regret it. That was too far. Yeah. Like, it's obviously like that can be the response. But I, in fact, I, it may it may play towards that. It may be like, hey, go back and watch Evil Dead One. You, you want to see what we're talking about? Of right. course you do, because it's fucking right. alarming. I think Raimi has actually asked for it to be removed off of some video releases, but for the most part, it's kept in. But you know, it's like the um, the rebel side of me thinks like I wish I wish Raimi would be like, yeah, it's in there. I was I was a pretty badass little kid when I made that movie wanted to make impression and look at who I am now yeah. I'm the guy who did yeah I uh, wouldn't do it now I'm a different person but I don't regret making it in my lifetime yeah I mean um, you come to this genre the horror genre to be shocked and appalled mm-hmm. well guess guess what it's, does it, it it's kind of like stand up comedy like do i condone plant rape no no i have a i'm strongly against it do i believe it works in a horror movie yes it's like stand up comedy like if it works it works like if people laugh it's not too far bingo if people enjoy it and aren't completely turned off by a scene in a horror movie then it's not too far yeah, it's a like, proof of proof of concept in and of itself. Even even if it is too far, even if people are vomiting or running out of the theater, like that's also a sign of like, yeah, that was a good choice. Yeah. Oh, if, you mean Jaws worked so well that it made a whole generation of people wary of going in the water? <laughs> proof of concept, people. The movie was good at what it was trying to accomplish. Right. So Yeah. It is what it is. Um that kind of complacency about plant rape the is real, exactly what's what why plant rape per, 
perpetuates itself to this day. I know. I mean, the real danger is if you see this in an impressionable, impressionable moment of your life and you develop a, a vine rape fetish. There's a lot of that, cucumbers going where they shouldn't. That becomes problematic. There's a lot of cucumbers going where they shouldn't. You should see the lines at emergency rooms about carrots going in anuses. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Did you see what she was wearing? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, no, Bryce. She's supposed to be going out into the woods in a robe and not expect rames, vines to rape her? Oh, okay. Oh, no, Bryce. Oh, no. I can't believe that Bryce prefers Van Patten's card to mine. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, I welcome your one-star reviews. Listen, I cannot understand you. This is crazy. You're a fool. I can't cope with the stupid bitchy. Understand? So, so that happens, and rightfully so, this poor woman is like, let's get the fuck out of here. Can we please go? I've been, I've been finagled by plants. <laughs> is that an underwhelming way to say raped oh uh, uh, finagling victims um <laughs> jesus so they try to make it out and of course the rickety bridge that they come over that they almost fall through when they arrive they find out I have that sound running through my head all the time. Whenever I go over really? a bridge, I think of the bridge is out. What is that from? Is that from Arnold? True Lies? Yeah. Okay, I've never seen True Lies. <gasps> oh my god! Oh, like... that hurt. Really? That is one of the best movies of all time. Wow! That is Sweet. one of the best action. One of the uh, 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 the best action comedy ever. Like. And it's honestly the reason for Tom Arnold existing is that movie. Well, Roseanne's the reason for Tom Arnold. He's so good in that movie that like he earned his place in Hollywood. Oh shit, James Cameron did it. Yeah. I had no idea. Oh man. That was that is probably the best Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Like I'll go online and say that is the best. That is the culmination of 90s action wait you're telling me that true lies is a is a better movie than terminator dark fate (laughs) (laughs) the the best i mean honestly it's the best arnold movie because it takes advantage of every aspect of arnold schwarzenegger you're telling me that true lies is a better arnold schwarzenegger movie than the kid and i Was he in that? You're telling me that True Lies is a better Arnold Schwarzenegger movie than Eraser. Okay, I just I just find this all. I mean, Eraser is the best Vanessa Williams movie. I'll give you that. Wait, you're telling me that Eraser is the best vanilla <laughs> vanilla <Vanessa>? Wilson. <laughs> okay. So, um, wow, we gotta we gotta watch that. We gotta just like take a moment and. Let's just turn off the mics and go watch True Lies right now. Okay. Okay, I don't have time. Um, True got a Lies. children's birthday party Remember to get to. Remember Junior? I loved Junior. Junior was great. Was and twins. And twins. Oh, man, twins. Talk about that good old, like, like 
just that comfortable mm-hmm. zone, Twins is right yeah. there. This bed is lumpy. <laughs> You're telling me that it's a better Arnold Schwarzenegger movie than Jingle All the Way? It's close, but it is better. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so they find out that the bridge is out and they're fucked. So they go back to the wood, the cabin in the woods. Um, and this is where it kind of like gets really crazy. Um, that everyone, you know, gets turned and everyone's their own deadite. Lots of stuff happens. It also reveals some of like the, um, amateur cuts where you're like, oh, they didn't pick that up. Yeah. On reshoots, you yeah. know, the non-existent reshoots probably. So like the one part, the only part that really drew me out was when the guy throws his girlfriend that's a deadite down and all of a sudden she's like burning. Oh yeah. And there's no like establishing shot that there's a fireplace there that or she's a fire. Right near the fireplace. That was like the only really like, huh, that's kind of a thing that they missed. I tell you the... The really off-putting part of this whole thing, if you're not, like, burnt out on horror, which I'm, I think I'm starting to feel a little bit, like, around the edges is like... What? Yeah, I know. It's hard. Watching after, several horror movies every week? After 160-something episodes, it's just starting to get a little bit tiring. But, uh, fear not... We could, we could uh, swivel... And just make horror movie talk a right. all Arnold Schwarzenegger we, career retrospective. I have the podcast. domain. I have the domain for regular movie talk. Mm. Uh, we could just do regular movie talk. Um, but no, the uh, the really actually disturbing part of a lot of the deadites in this is the amount of punishment they take while giggling on the floor. Yeah, they're like. <laughs> and he's like bashing him in the head with a with a goddamn two by four, and they're like, <laughs> and you're like, okay, yeah, like- that is like the dark humor aspect of it. That's pretty great. Is like they're mocking him. Yeah, they're they're not just like evil and frightening. They're mocking. Yes, is it's you can't even come close to dishing what it takes to make me angry. I'm just. Ro- I mean, this guy was a real jerk. I'm just rolling in the. Who likes the woods? It's the in the scraggly old woods. I don't have it. Sorry. Okay, well, no big deal. There was an accident. Um. So. <laughs> um. It ramps up more and more until like the finale when it's just Ash alone and being besought beset by all these. Deadites. Um, I mean, some really effective scenes is like the dismemberment scene, like the first dismemberment scene with the axe. And I love that, like, for some reason, Ash's girlfriend is not on the scene at all when they're fighting or dismembering this poor girl. Yeah. It's like, oh, I sprained my ankle. I got to go lay down. I'm going to take a nap in the middle of this fucking horrendous shit. The the size of the basement astounds me. Yeah. But I love it because it's like it's like an underground fortress that's bigger than the house. Right. That they're in. Yeah. And the house has like basically one room and two bedrooms, it feels like. And the basement is like like uh Saddam Hussein's yeah. hideout. <laughs> so well actually there's a little bit of trivia with that. The cabin didn't actually have a basement. Shocking. They actually they just cut out 
a hole in the floor and dug down and put like a ladder down there for the for the actors. Anything that actually shows like the stairs or in the basement is one of the crew's actual basement and and something else too. Like I, I think someone's shed um, is used oh. in it or garage. So it's it's cut between it looks a couple like locations. a bunch is a bunch of garages. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean the main thing is like they're in the basement and all there are all these water pipes and all this like like a ventilation tubing and you're like there's no plumbing in the cabin that you can see yeah no indication that there's any kind of technology whatsoever well these are the, these pipes supply blood to the city that's true <laughs> uh where's the main blood shut off <laughs> yeah these it just happens to pass through the property yeah you know um I, I love and in addition to the to the girlfriend that's just like having a nap while like all this stuff is happening there always seems to be if there's multiple people in the scene there's always one of them just looking hey, what? hey. just ash is standing back while while the other guy is dismembering and and fighting off his deadite girlfriend and ash is like huh how well, about, that's how that's pretty that? crazy yeah yeah bro it's, your your girlfriend's like Acting weird, dude. And he's like, oh, well, you know. Oh, well. Um, so there. there's always, it's kind of like when in like choreographed fights when there's like 20 against one, but all of them are waiting for their turn. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what it is with the action in this movie. Yeah, that's true. There's, and and you know, you don't notice that as a kid. Right. At all. Right. You don't notice the 13, well, actually you kind of do. Well, that's where I notice it now because that's where it feels like the the fluff is, like, a lot of dwelling shots on reactions that don't need to be there. It's yeah, like again, that's kind of a that's kind of a, a Raimi staple. <coughs> of, is like, you know, Bruce Campbell's got some some real expression in his face, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and he's just starting to learn that now, like about himself as an actor. Like he's like, it's nothing like Evil Dead Two, yeah, where it's where the whole thing is just like him being like. Like making faces into the camera for just really hamming it up. Solid thirteen minutes of that movie is literally just Bruce Campbell going, hmm, yeah, "Ooh, I'll make him make him funny faces." So the end the, of this the last gets the last mushy. Thing, yeah, the the end of it's mushy. The last thing I want to call out is that I just found funny is that this cabin contains the world's heaviest empty bookshelf. Uh, empty bookshelf but also the furniture all the furniture that they use to barricade doors with one of them is a little tiny little little desk and he's like plops it in front of the door and that's good enough it's like a side table that would not quite hold a turntable right and 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 then but you're but also the they're forgetting all these massive open windows Uh where you could easily just like step in through the window um yeah they're massive open windows with wooden gables they could just close those right right yeah yeah uh, you know yeah but I, I love the that several times ash is underneath these empty bookshelves that are already like broken in half so they couldn't be that sturdy uh-huh. but apparently they're just like it's just too heavy can't get up I'm trapped I, I i i don't i don't take issue with that and frankly and the, something about the windows being huge and right next to the door and easily big enough to fit Two people through it at uh-huh. the same time adds to the sense of of suspense for the whole thing because you go, 
Jesus, they could just step through the window. Yeah, he's going. He's running around the cabin, closing and locking the doors, and you're like, you're you're, you're fucked. Like, what are you? There's a broken window right there next to the door. Like, yeah. what do you think you're doing? Well, I, he's limiting access. He's making choke points, Bryce. Right, right, right. But let's get into the the thick, mushy ending. Uh, the thick of it. It's the the, the stop motion, yeah, goop and and disintegration of the of the deadites is so nasty. Uh, it reminds me of one of Dustin's favorite movies, The Beyond. Hmm. There is Still a haven't seen it. there is a scene in the Beyond that is so gnarly, gross of a of a face disintegrating um, that I, it's it's stuck in my head. And this and somehow the Evil Dead disintegration stuff very similar. Yeah, um, it's almost like a nature like decomposition documentary. That is thing. what it's like. Oh yeah, like a sped up fast motion. Yeah, this is how a corpse composes. Yeah, it's like going going on Willy Wonka's boat ride. Yes, yeah, that is kind of what it's like. I'm reading Willy Wonka to my girl right now. Really? Yeah. I just rewatched uh, the original with with Penny. She yeah. requested it. She wanted to watch the old one. How did it go? Which over? Was great. She likes it. She yeah. likes it a lot. I think they were watching the remake in at school. And so she wanted to like compare and contrast. Man, I'm creating a little uh, film critic. Oh yeah, here at the Hanson household, apparently. Yeah. Um, doesn't like being scared. That much is apparent. But yeah, that's why I asked how uh, how it went over because you know it's got some spooky spots. I don't think she was paying attention too much in like the boat ride spots, or she would run and hide or whatever. But she's also already seen that movie, so there's a little bit of the edge taken off. How old is Penny? Penny is eight. Damn! I can't believe that. Yeah. That's nuts. I know. It's crazy. If we were still Mormon, she'd be baptized already. Wow. That's that's like the, the big age. Eight? Eight. It's like a... Uh, Get them while they're young. Milestone. Anyways. I um, call them baldies. Jesus. Um, Get them while they're young, says the Mormon church. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, the loud. the ending is great. Um yeah, the special effects really shine through and it really ramps up really well in the ending. Like any any kind of sense of like come on, let's get over this. Let's like not dwell too long on yeah. these things. That's made up in the ending, which is pretty frenetic and crazy. Yeah. Um I have stabbing dick pains right now. I'm sorry. Hey, it hurts really badly. I don't know what's happening to me. Continue. Uh-huh. Got to pee after sex, David. I I didn't have any. Um. So, um, that's pretty much everything I wanted to talk about with the Evil Dead. So now we only have. Now we've reviewed every single Evil Dead, with the exception of Army of Darkness and the television series. Well, yeah, but I don't. That's not a movie. I don't count that. This is horror movie talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I make the distinction. Apparently. Um, so let's move on to. Did you have any other? No, man. You got to watch this movie. It's. It's. I mean, it's such a no-brainer. Yeah, it's a must-see, especially for like film students. Historically, or, very important. Or aspiring filmmakers, watch this movie and be inspired. Yeah. 
be inspired with what you can do on a shoestring budget and, you know, tremendous can you, talent. Can you imagine being like Ethan Cohen, like assisting? I think Ethan Cohen did a lot of the editing in like the the basement stuff. And like he wasn't a filmmaker yet. And right. he saw this, saw this young kid that's like just barely like uh, an adult rolled over into his 20s. Yeah. And was able to shoot this really almost passable Hollywood film oh, yeah, on a it's... shoestring budget. And you're Ethan Cohen, you're like, God damn, like I could do that. And so they. They were inspired, tremendously. Obviously, inspired. inspired other filmmakers and in, in style and and like sensibility. So, it's a great movie. You need to see it. Uh, let's move on to Evil Dead trivia. Ooh. <clears throat> okay, so this is specific to Evil Dead. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six questions and a tiebreaker. Okay. So if you get. More correct answers than wrong answers. You win the game. Okay. First question. You got to turn off INDB. You can't cheat. You oh, can't I'm, cheat. I'm I'm trying to surf uh, through to to find uh, sound effects on Jingle Palette here. Okay. Um. Okay. On with the game. Which author? after seeing the evil dead at Cannes film festival stated that it is the most ferociously original horror film of the year, which is the tagline included in the poster. Uh, it's for it to be, it's for it to be substantial enough clout to, uh, to warrant inclusion in the poster. I'm going to guess the man, the, the myth, the legend, Stephen King. Okay, well, I was going to give you multiple choice, but you, you guessed it right. So, Damn! There you go. That should be worth two points. Okay, over his years as a director, Raimi's 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88, originally bought by Raimi's father for the family when Sam was 14, has been in multiple Sam Raimi films outside of the Evil Dead franchise. Mm. Name two other movies his car has been featured in. Boy, do I get... I. I can I can I look at Raimi's movies? I don't even I can't even No, you cannot. Um okay, why? I don't I because. can't even I can't even name many of Raimi's movies though. Well, we mentioned a couple. Okay. Um uh All I can think of is Spider-Man, so I guess I'll say There's one. Spider-Man he was. It was Uncle Ben and Aunt May's car in Spider in the Spider Man movies. Wow. Okay. One, one more. Um. Maybe Spider Man Two. I. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> it said it was in most uh, Sam Raimi movies, but the ones that it was actually featured in that like was an actual like main feature was Spider Man. Um, it was Annie's car in The Gift. And Mrs. Ganoush's car in Drag Me to Hell. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, hey, uh, so the gift, that's the 2000 gift, which I'm not familiar with at all. Have you seen that one? No. I've seen the gift with um, our Arrested Development buddy. Yeah. Um, Jason. Jason. Bateman. <laughs> Bateman, yeah. Okay. Um, Do I get a half a point for that? You get a half a point for okay, that. Okay, cool. One and a half points. One and a half points. I'll give you two for Stephen King. That was impressive. Oh, we got two so really, you're you're already 
almost at a tie. You get one more, and then you win the game, basically. Ooh, boy. What was the original title of The Evil Dead? Was it Book of the Dead, Army of Darkness, Blue Harvest, or Deadites? Blue Harvest. A Blue Harvest was a movie that messed me around. I, I, I think... I think it's it's either Blue Harvest or Blue Monkey. Hmm. I can't remember what it was. It was Blue something. And boy, it scared the bonkers out of me when I was a little kid. Um, I don't think it was Blue Harvest. Um, what was the... Uh, go, go ahead and give me the choices again. So, not Blue Harvest. It's either Book of the Dead, Army of Darkness, or Deadites. Let's say not Army of Darkness. Book of the Dead would make sense. But... I'm going to say Deadites. Wrong. Okay. It's actually Book of the Dead. Book of the Dead. Blue Harvest was the working title for Return of the Jedi. Oh. Um, that's that's the title of the movie that they used on all like the Blue like movie? production stuff so people didn't know they were actually shooting Star Wars. Let me see. It must let me see if it's Blue Monkey. Go ahead. Okay. What was the white liquid used in the Deadites in lieu of blood in some scenes? Was it whole milk, half and half? Come or two percent milk. Come. Wrong. No, I didn't. No, I. You already gave your that's answer. That's not what the answer wrong. That I'm giving. I'm not wrong. giving that answer. I was exclaiming to your. How am I come. supposed to know that? Uh, because I'm telling you it right now, and you're my friend, and you believe me. All right, fine. You get one more chance. Okay. What? What are? The, so you gave me half and half, two percent. Come. Whole milk, half and half. Come or two percent. I'm gonna say whole milk. Wrong. Okay. Two percent milk. <laughs> this is a very fair and reasonable question. It's a fair and balanced trivia. It was set. it was Blue Monkey from 1987 that that fucked me around um, as a child, scared me to shit. Okay. Question five: What dead animal was stabbed to replicate the sound of mutilated flesh? Was it cow, chicken, pig, or dog? This is such a non-starter of a question. <laughs> what a silly, what a silly, silly question. Cow, pig, dog, or chicken? Chicken. Um, I'm going to guess probably pig. Wrong. It's chicken. <laughs> They're operating on a budget. You can't just spend on pork. You got to get those chicken breasts. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, get those chicken thighs. We're not made out of money here. What's happening? What what is this game? You you've almost lost it. Is is the answer? Um, so we got one more, and then a tiebreaker that I guess wouldn't technically be used. Jesus is the bread. Why didn't they use bread? So you got two and a half. So this could be the decider. Which of the following ingredients was not used to create blood and gore effects in the film? Shut the fuck up. Which one was not used? Out of caro syrup, oatmeal, non-dairy creamer, creamed corn, <laughs> marshmallow, snakes, and beef and barley stew. S- what? Snakes and... Okay, 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 okay. Caro There's, syrup. There are so many options okay, here. Okay, so I'll go over them again. I'll go slower. Caro syrup, which is corn syrup. I mean, that's a, that's a gimme. Uh, oatmeal, non-dairy creamer. Creamed corn, marshmallow, snakes, and beef and barley stew. I'm just, I'm just gonna. St- 
take a, a page out of your book and say they don't have the budget to just be throwing snakes all over the place. I'm going to say snakes. Wrong. You got to be kidding me. Yeah, they use snakes and cockroaches in the uh, some of the effects, like the stop motion stuff. Yeah. Okay, so so which... The one that's not used is beef and barley stew. <laughs> I'm... S- I'm so exasperated with this game. <laughs> All right. I'll give you... It's technically the tiebreaker, but I'll give you one last chance. <laughs> Question seven. You were... I mean, you came out of the gate hard. I mean, two and a half points immediately. This is the... And then you just shit the bed. How dare you do this to me? True or false, the majority of the cast and crew are all from Michigan. True. Okay, you win. Yay! <laughs> just barely by the by by a uh, the hairs a, of your chinny chin chin. Just a little little ball hair there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would just like to take a moment and uh, say that we received a very nice comment that I like a lot on our on our recent quick take review of uh, of a Quiet Place Part Two. Surreptitious streamer commented and said y'all are clearly good friends and it warms the cockles of my heart oh i i love, I love that, that phrase i love that that uh that whole comment it's just and and on those quick take reviews we always get a lot of nice comments that mm-hmm. like that that are like i'm so happy you guys are back at the theater i'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop of just like you, you fucking, fucking suck. suck you fucking fat pig <laughs> go on a diet shit bird well, like, that's going to happen. Bryce has released, he re- revealed his true terror. Please don't do not exploit it. <laughs> um, okay. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. Thanks to our patrons for uh, suggesting this episode. Uh, if you'd like to suggest episodes for us to watch, um, you know, of course you can hit us up and say, hey, you know, you should watch, but... The only way you're ever going to get a movie reviewed from us uh, with it with a request is to is to head on over to our Patreon and become a, yeah. a Patreon member and then vote once a month. There's there's three different ways that have been successful at getting a request on. There's heavy, heavy, heavy political campaigning. Yes, for certain movies to where you turn our entire fan base against us as is as only Magnus has been able to accomplish twice with Bye Bye Man and Rats then there's um well we never reviewed Bye Bye Man we watched it on the Saturday no we stream. reviewed it in Did fact we, we oh, released we reviewed two it twice reviews that's right it. damn it's the only movie we've reviewed double um and then the other method is being a patron to the level that you can Suggest movies and vote on them as a group. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one is, as mentioned previously in this episode, is the uh, Spoop Lord tier and Patreon, where you can just tell us to do one. That one's never been achieved. That's though. guaranteed. And you will go down. If you if you become a Spoop Lord on Patreon, See, you this... will go down in horror movie talk history. History. Yeah. We'll talk about you ad infinitum into the, into the ages. This is your opportunity to have like that wu-tang album experience what's the album's name and i can't remember uh it's something about the chambers something something the the one that was bought by wall street bro what's his name you know those things you know what i'm talking about yeah uh, google it google wu-tang yeah martin screlly the yeah the wu-tang album that there's only one physical copy of in existence is called once upon a time in shaolin so you could have that experience with a 
custom horror movie talk episode. That's right. That's going to happen. It will, oh, yeah. Some, that, yeah. Someone. And someone will be first. And that person will be legendary. <laughs> legendary. The first one that gets that tier and the tenth person that gets that tier. We'll, we will make it a point to make a big deal out of. Oh, my God. Uh, every single one of them I'll make a big deal out of. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so thanks again. Um, visit us on social media. Go to horrormovietalk.com. Um, listen to all our past episodes and get links to all the things. We love you. We'll see you next time. Bye. We love you. Bye. Looking for a podcast full of burps and gas, perverted cast, skinny and fat? Look no further. Horror Movie Talk is accidentally funny, begs to donate money, fake sponsors for dummies, and so much more. New episodes every hump day. They'll pickle your dickle for foreplay. Patreon members have it your way. Vote for a movie every month for the review. Chopper, chopper. Don't just stare at it. Eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie, Picasso. Look at them hot kids swearing not a pedo. Got me too with Cosby eating jello. Putting pop done gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict Dave doesn't give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rum. Send kiss, Bryce Hansen. Look at them hot kids, Chris Henson. Masturbate with a crucifix, exorcist. Face huggers, chest bursters, alien. Linda Blair, Pino, Sigourney Weaver. I know it's true, cause it came from social media. Patrick Bateman can't understand you. Stab you to death for rotten apple reviews. Opinionated podcaster with a doctorate. Spook allergy, doctor of philosophy. Gastritis, knee colostomy, turn Patreons into human centipedes. David Doobie Day, scare no no expert, a global fucks hard, professional sex after pods, taglines, and porno flicks. American Psycho, them guys pretty sick. Chopper, chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie, Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Me too, with Cosby eating jello. Putting pops done, gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict Dave doesn't give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rubs. Nothing good happens in the woods. Always get more than you bargain for. Got a pickle to dickle, machines tickle bitties. Vancouver, Portland, Oregon, and organs, Corona, COVID, curse, Lorona, Green River Killer, because reasons, hallway of poop monster kids, screaming, ain't your ordinary dingleberry itinerary, 30 days shutter and jump scares, ain't fucking scary, time for the spoilers with jokes and tropes, use their white socks to catch their loads, to show one titty, pretty, Paganism, you should worship. They Teflon dips. Pacific Northwest, let them see one breast. Shifty ass, stay spooky. Poor man's digress. Bugsy. HMT. Horror movie talk. Hold on, they don't like Halloween. Fuck them.